All right. Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, February 9th, 2011. <clears throat> the Nefarium has been busy, and uh, I want to thank Mr. VT for sending this article because when I read this, I thought, holy cow. And uh, it's one of those things that um, I, can, I can almost read the entire article, and I know all you guys are going to get it. But I do have a little bit of contextual remarks in the background that uh, I also want to chip in when I get to the uh, high-octane speculation part. This is from the Daily Economist, and the headline here says it all. I'm going to read um, about four, about half of the article and then one sentence towards the final paragraph and then uh, do some commentary on this. Uh, the Daily Economist, the article headline is Longtime U.S. Vassal State Japan to Bypass Dollar and SWIFT. That's the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Transfer in Brussels, Belgium. That's the principal international financial clearinghouse for the world and particularly for the West to bypass SWIFT and to transact using China's C. IPS system in interbank settlement. Listen carefully to this. Ever since China began to duplicate Western financial institutions starting in 2013, more and more nations have begun matriculating towards the east and away from dollar hegemony. And one of the most important of these new infrastructures is the Chinese CIPS platforms, which functions for the renminbi the same way that SWIFT does for the dollar. Yet, unlike the way SWIFT charges for swaps when nations have to use the dollar as a middleman since it still reigns as the world's singular reserve currency, CIPS allows for a much lower transaction fees and the convenience of bypassing the U.S. currency through direct bilateral currency settlement. I hope you heard that. Because what China's done is they've just removed the, let's, put, let's be frank here, folks, the unnecessary middle step of converting a currency to the dollar and then the dollar to another currency. They've just cut out that step, and now countries are trading and doing all of this bilaterally, directly. All right, that's huge. Hiroshima Bank and 13 other Japanese regional banks will connect to an interbank payment network that enables direct yuan wiring to mainland China in a move that will lower transaction fees and boost convenience for customers. Joining the China International Payments System, that's what CIPS stands for, will reduce fees and processing days. In other words, it cuts down on time, too. All right, now, final paragraph here. As the world continues to reject the dollar and the old financial model of a singular reserve currency, more countries are seeing the benefits of transacting in a bilateral environment. Now, folks, I hope you heard what that means. That this could either work one of two ways. It could speed up the process to a cashless system or it, and I really don't see any middle way about it, or it might actually doom it 
because you've got to have the actual cash, the actual currency, rather than blips on a screen in order to make such a system work. But that's not really the focus my, of, my con, of my comments today because I want to put this in the context of two things. First of all, Shinzo Abe, the Prime Minister of Japan, and his diplomacy recently. And the second thing is developments in China that we all heard about last year. And now I think with this article, we're seeing the chickens come home to roost. Let's look at Shinzo Abe for a moment. You'll recall that I blogged about the Onsen Summit between Mr. Abe and Mr. Putin where the two agreed that they were simply going to bypass any discussion of an actual formal end to World War II and table discussion on the Kuril Islands that Japan claims are its territory, which the Soviet Union seized after it declared war on Japan in 1945. What they did was they inked a number of deals where the Japanese would be funding and helping Russia develop the infrastructure in Siberia. And the Kuril Islands, you'll recall, that were being proposed as kind of a territorial free trade zone, operating under Russian law, but with Japanese full access to those islands. In other words, the Kuril Islands are going to be, I think, used in a certain sense as the actual physical pipeline for that Japanese expertise and money going into Siberia. Now, Abe played this very well because Russia needs Japan, in my opinion, to counterbalance the growing Chinese influence in Siberia. Russia wants to develop Siberia, but they need capital. And the only places to get capital are China and Japan, okay? So we've seen Russia make a number of deals with China to develop Siberia, with Mr. Putin's overture to Japan, this is Russia trying to balance out the Far East geopolitically. Now, Abe knows this. And then, in order to reassure the United States, and remember what I've been saying all along, folks, Japanese rearmament is because the Japanese see over the long term the American empire is dying and they need a military that can defend itself. That's what it's ultimately about, okay? So forget all this business about Japanese, Japan being a complete vassal state. This is not true. And Mr. Abe is playing this very carefully because shortly after the Onsen Summit, what did he do? He went to the Philippines. He made overtures to the Philippine president, Duterte. He reassured the United States that Japan really wasn't moving away. And to drive the point home, he was the first Japanese prime minister to visit the Pearl Harbor Memorial, all right? So there was, they are playing a very, very cagey, very careful diplomatic game here. And now they're getting involved with the Chinese international uh, payment system. Now, why is Japan doing that? Well, there are several reasons for it, and I can think, and you can probably think of a number of them as well. Number one, to bypass the dollar, to have cheaper financial clearing between Japan and China. I mean, that's, that's just a no-brainer. It could also be, to a certain extent, that these Japanese banks are acting as point for the Japanese government itself gathering intelligence about that system, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised. This is the way... Uh, Japanese intelligence often works is through their very big corporations and the very close ties 
between the old Japanese Zaibatsu, the cartel system, and the government itself. So I wouldn't be surprised if this were the case. But there's a third very important reason why Japan is doing this. And that is, recall last year, China launched a quantum communications satellite. And that satellite apparently has been successful. So in other words, the Chinese now have the technology, the ability to put into place a clearing system, and for that matter, a communication system that is much more secure than SWIFT is, all right? And if you're the Japanese and you've got a high stake in international financial clearing, are you going to trust a leaky system or are you going to trust a system that is much more communications secure? And the answer is, well, you're going to do the latter. And in fact, you're going to try not only to do that, you're going to try and get some influence over it. So this is a huge story, folks. Whether, whether we like it or not, I'm taking this as confirmation of my idea that Japan is slowly but very, very deliberately and very evidently taking steps away from American dominance. Now, they're not going to do this in any big sprint. This is a very slow, carefully walked out, deliberate process. But this story is a huge story because this means that a huge crack has just appeared in the American system of alliances in the Pacific, and that crack is international financial clearing. And this is going to, I think, have a slow but very definite domino effect in the international clearing uh, in the Pacific region. So watch for this. If the United States wants to get back into the game, it's going to have to start launching some quantum communication satellites. That's the bottom line here, folks. So anyway, very important news. I want to remind everybody that we're having a vid chat tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time for all of the website members in the African and European time zones. Hope to see everybody. And that's it for today's news and views from the Nefarium, folks. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye and God bless.